0: Last Wednesday we covered the the wisdom, some of the wisdom Proverbs. Amen. So now we move into the book of Proverbs. I'll have to check it, but I think after we do Proverbs, we need to touch Job some and then we'll be done with the Old Testament as far as. We began teaching you through the Bible, so we should be coming to a conclusion of teaching the Old Testament books, and uh, amen, we're going to continue to focus on New Testament books as well, amen. So just moving on through the Bible pretty quick. All right, the book of Proverbs chapter 1, amen, welcome to Bible Center Fellowship. We have a Brandon. Uh, is it M. Lance? Brandon Lang. Lang? Okay, we're glad you're with us, Brandon. Thank, Glad you're with us, man. Amen. Make yourself at home, alright? Amen. Alright, praise the Lord. The book of Proverbs tonight. The book of Wisdom. <clears throat> chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Alright, this is known as the preface in the book of Proverbs. It doesn't say that in your Bible, but that's what it is. I will explain that to you in just a minute. Okay? So excited about the book of Proverbs. I need I need wisdom, don't you? <clears throat> Amen. Now we need to find out what that is. <laughs> I need I need what it says, what wisdom, whatever it is, that's I need it. So we'll try to explain to you what that is. Amen. <clears throat> All right, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give a, a subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Okay? Praise the Lord. Father, we come before you right now. We ask your blessing to be upon the reading of your holy word. Give us inspiration, we pray, by your anointing to teach it and to receive it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated in the name of the Lord. All right, let's first of all talk to you about the way the book of Proverbs is structured, okay? Verses 1 through 7 is what is known as preface. Now, what you might need to know is that before the book of Proverbs was ever written by Solomon, he lived around 900 B.C., all the way back to about 3100 B.C. That's a, over 2,000 years before the book of Proverbs was ever written. There were Proverbs that were written by the Sumerians, which were a group of people that lived around Mesopotamia, which is modern-day Iraq. So Proverbs is not a new type of teaching. It goes all the way back to the Sumerians, 3100 B.C., over 2,000 years before the book of Proverbs was written. And then Proverbs in Egypt. Long time before Solomon ever wrote the Proverbs. So in the Near Eastern culture, there were Proverbs that were written and they were set up basically the same way that the book of Proverbs in the Bible is set up. What that means is this, is that Solomon received the Proverbs by inspiration. But a lot of the things that he wrote down were already in okay, other proverbs in different cultures. You might not realize that, right? The only problem is those other cultures did not worship Yahweh, or I say Yahweh, we say Jesus in the New Testament, the one God of the Bible. They didn't worship the one God of the Bible. But they could by observation look at their world and come to what was called general revelation are general truths, okay? And uh, truths that would help you in life. So the book of Proverbs, this book of Proverbs, is not the first one that is recorded historically. There have always been Proverbs, some of them by general revelation, looking around and seeing uh, what is good. And I'll share some of those ancient Proverbs with you tonight as we get into the book. Okay, Amen. <clears throat> The problem, as I said though, with the Sumerian Proverbs, or the people that wrote them, and the Egyptian Proverbs, and the people that wrote them, they didn't worship the one God, they worshiped many gods, okay? So in one sense, even though they could could make statements of truth by general revelation that was good, then in one sense they were not wise because they didn't worship the one true God of the Bible. Does that make sense? Okay. The best way I can put it to you today is this, is that you can learn from people that are not believers. How many of y'all believe that? Have you ever learned anything from somebody that wasn't a believer? Of course. Of course. Go to your doctor. He's probably not a believer. You learn something from him, right? Okay, so we can all learn something from an unbeliever, but it doesn't mean, amen, that they worship the God that we worship, obviously. Okay, so we can learn from unbelievers. And in that culture, then Solomon would have been very, very familiar with Proverbs or words of wisdom that were written through history. He knew those things. He was very, very intelligent, very smart. So when he came to write the book of Proverbs, although it came from God directly to him by divine inspiration, his knowledge of those Proverbs in those different cultures would have been helpful to him as he put the book together. Amen. Okay, so when you study those ancient Proverbs, you'll find the same type of structure. First of all, it starts out with a preface. So the book of Proverbs starts out with a preface. Now, what does that mean? It just simply means you have an introduction to the book. And in that introduction of the book, you're going to find out what is going to be the subject of the writing. What is this book about? What is the subject? What is the purpose of the book? Okay, number two, who wrote the book? And number three, what is the audience that the book is being written to? So that's basically what the preface is. Beginning in chapter one and verse eight, through chapter nine and verse eighteen, you will have what is called discourses. Then there are so there are sixteen discourses or lectures from nine eight, uh, from one eight through nine eighteen, and you will see a common thread again where the proverb is normally a father giving instruction to a son. And that also was followed in the ancient or other cultures in their proverbs as well. Instruction from a father to a son. That's what you see taking place in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8 through chapter 9 and verse 18. Instruction from a father to a son. But also in that section you'll see discourses from Lady Wisdom. So it's not just instruction from a father to a son, but you will hear Lady Wisdom speaking to all the men who pass by her in those 16 discourses. Then chapter 10 through chapter 31 of the book of Proverbs, you have the Proverbs themselves. Okay? And a proverb is simply a very short statement sort of put it to you this way so you can understand. It's a short statement that's got a lot of experience in it. Okay? It's short, and what's it about? It's about admonishing somebody to do something. It's about forbidding somebody to do something. It is to give instruction about some area of life. So that's what the book of Proverbs is about. So I gave you the structure of the whole book of Proverbs in about five minutes. And if you wrote that down, you were very eyes. Okay? All right, the Bible tells us <laughs> that this book is about wisdom. Verse 2, to know wisdom. The Hebrew word hakmah. Now, later on, I will go and I will explain to you these words, wisdom, instruction, understanding, instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. I'll define those words for you because when we read them, we don't understand what that means. Okay. Tonight, I'll focus on the word wisdom, hakma, in the Hebrew. Now, first of all, what is wisdom? If I'm going to study the book of Proverbs and it's about wisdom, I need to know what wisdom is. Okay, so let me give you a definition of wisdom on the practical level. Is everybody with me? How many of y'all want to be wise? Okay, I got some wise people here then. Wisdom on the practical level. And I'm going to talk to you about wisdom on the practical level, and I'm going to talk to you about wisdom on the ethical level, and I'm going to talk to you about wisdom on the theological level. Okay? And I know those are big old terms and you get all afraid, but don't worry. It's It's not that big. It's not that tough. Okay. Wisdom on a practical level is this. It is doing the right thing, amen, at the right time. Wisdom, again, is doing the right thing at the right time. It is saying the right thing at the right time. Everybody with me? Everybody with me? Okay, say it with me. Doing the right thing at the right time. Saying the right thing at the right time. And it also is having the right emotion. The right emotion... And the proper level of emotion is to be a wise person. You with me? Okay. So what is wisdom on a practical level then? Doing the right thing at the... Did you catch it? Doing the right thing at the right time. Saying the right thing at the right time. Having the right emotion At the proper level. Okay? Everybody with me? So when we talk about wisdom then, we are talking about social skills. This is how that you relate to the world around you. This is doing the right thing, saying the right thing, having the right emotions as you deal with the world around you. To be a wise person, then, let me repeat myself, is to know what to say at the right time, what to do at the right time, and to have the right emotion at the proper level at the right time in everything that you do. Okay? Say amen. So that's social skills, basically. It is emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. Now there is a term that many of you are familiar with and the term is IQ. How many ever ter- heard that term IQ? Yes, like that person has a, a high IQ. Amen. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, well, what does that mean? High intelligence. High IQ. It means they have a lot of knowledge. They have a lot of knowledge about facts. Okay. They can sit down and they can take a test and they can score a hundred on it because they have a high IQ. A high intelligence means that you have the ability and you know a lot of facts about a subject. But just because you have a high IQ doesn't mean that you are a wise person. Amen? Because a wise person is a person who knows what to do at the right times and they so they have the ability emotional intelligence they have the ability amen to work with people they have the ability to know what to do in the world at any given time amen everybody understand the difference okay so iq then is the gathering of facts like you would take a test Wisdom is social skill. Amen? Knowing what to do at the right time. Knowing what to say at the right time. And having the proper emotion at the right level at the right time. That's what wisdom is. So it's a social thing. Now, success in life does not correlate with high IQ. You can have very high IQ, very smart. There's a lot of smart people that are not successful in life because smartness does not equate to what we call social skills or what the Bible calls wisdom. So you can be very smart in any given field in life, any given subject in life, but that doesn't mean that you are successful in life because IQ and success doesn't correlate. Amen? Amen? When you talk about working in life, can you relate to people? There's a lot of people who have high IQs but they don't have social skills. They don't have the ability to relate to people. They can't find the right job and keep it because they don't have wisdom, or social skills, or emotional intellect. They got brains, but that's about it. Amen. So there's the difference there. Now, give you an example. One professor of a Bible college in. When he would hire people, he'd gather people there. And uh, there was sort of a common saying that would go on to the Bible college there. And that was that if you were a person who had a high IQ, but you couldn't relate to people, then you became a professor. And everybody else became a pastor. Let me repeat myself for those who are still asleep. Common saying in the faculty when they go to hire somebody is people who have high IQs that can't relate to people become professors, and then everybody else becomes a pastor. So I assume that means they don't think pastors are too smart, but they can relate to people. Okay? But really that's not true, right? Because we have Red Hot Timmy here, and he's not only smart, but he can relate to people. See. He see. He doesn't just. He doesn't go just to the school and teach math. You know what subject you teach? Everything, everything. Yeah. He he knows everything about everything. You know. So he he doesn't just. He just not so smart that he goes up there and he just teaches his kids a bunch of facts. You know. Then they sit down and and take a test. Right. He relates to his his students. And the relating to the students is different from the intellectual side. The intellectual side is teaching them facts, but relating to the kids is how you apply these facts to life. What you're going to do with what you're learning, you know, or, or simply relating to the kids that he's teaching. That's social skills, or that's, uh, that's wisdom. So one way to put it is how to apply knowledge. Wisdom is how to apply knowledge. Wisdom is seeing things the way God sees them. Amen. Say praise the Lord. So a lot of people are really smart, but they don't have wisdom because they don't know how to relate to anybody. Amen. and very few people. So wisdom then gives you the ability to relate to people. Now what we want is both. What you want is both. You want intellect, knowledge, but you also want to be able to relate socially. You want to be able to relate to people. You want to be able to find the right job and, and keep that job for a long period of time. Are you with me? How many of y'all want wisdom now? Okay. Amen. We need wisdom. You say, well, it's just for, for you know teenagers. No, it's not. It's for all of us. Got a lot of a smart people, a lot of smart people, and some dumb people, But we need not just smart people, we need some wise people. Hallelujah. Some people think they know how to relate to life and know praise God, a lot of people bad they have high IQs, but they don't even know how to relate to life. They don't have no common sense. It's wisdom. Amen. You know where you find horse sense? Good old horse sense in a stable mind. That's sort of like a little word of wisdom. That's sort of like a little statement of wisdom, little little short statement that's got a lot of experience in it. it is powerful. get your attention you know. Good old common horse sense you find it in the stable mind. You might somebody might not have no college degree. You might not you might have somebody that doesn't have a lot of education, but they have just good old horse sense they got just good old common sense, what the Bible would call social skills or a word of wisdom. How many people you know like that? You know people like that? They don't have big degrees, but man, there's something about them. They know how to handle and relate to life and what to do. Amen. What to do at the right time, what to say at the right time, and how to respond to life correctly. That's wisdom. Hallelujah. Say praise the Lord. So that sort of gives you an understanding wisdom is not just it's not smart it's it's social skill it is as one scholar calls it emotional intellect so i want wisdom now i want i want to have a high iq i want to gain knowledge i want to get factual knowledge but i want to get wisdom i want to know what to do with it hallelujah i want i want to know how to relate to people i want to know what to do in life. I want to know how to relate to life. You know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. That's wisdom. That's social skills. And that's what the book of Proverbs is about. It's to teach us how to work in emotional intellect. How many of y'all want to be wise? Okay, and I know you're smart. I know you're smart. I don't doubt any of your intellect smartness, but what about wisdom? We all need it, don't we? We all need more wisdom. I need more wisdom. That's why I'm going to teach the book of Proverbs to you. Now, I've already taught it to you before in great depth, but we're going to go back over it. Amen. For everybody who forgot it, like me. Amen. And those of you who have never heard it, heard it taught or read it, we're going to go over it for your benefit as well. Amen. So that's, and that's what the preface is about. It's, uh, you know, what is the subject? It's wisdom. Amen. And uh, so, who wrote it? Who wrote it? Well, it says Solomon wrote it. Verse one: The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Now, where did Solomon get his wisdom? In First Kings chapter three, the Bible says God asked him; He put it before him. Basically, He said, "You get to pick what you want." Just ask me whatever you want. Do you, you want riches? What do you want? Riches? You want fame? You want power? If God came to you right now and said you can get whatever you wish for, what would you wish for? Man, you start thinking about. Man, I'd, I'd ask God to give me a new car. I'd ask God to give me a new house. I'd ask God to give me a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Amen. You know. God came to Solomon and said, you can ask me what you want. And Solomon was already wise because he asked God for wisdom. He didn't ask Him for power. didn't ask Him for a bunch of money, riches. He asked Him for wisdom. Now, power came and riches came because he was the wisest man who ever lived other than Jesus Christ. Okay? So his wisdom came from God, He had social skills. He knew how to relate. He knew what to do. Amen? What to do at the right time. What to say at the right time. And how to have the proper emotion. problem is, the wisest man who ever lived didn't live up to that wisdom. Because he started marrying 700 wives, 300 concubines, and they turned his heart away from God. So his wisdom turned into folly. So, you can start out very wise, but your wisdom can turn into folly if you don't follow God. Amen? But Solomon, the book of Proverbs, written by Solomon, but you might be surprised to know that he wasn't the only one that had something to do with the book of Proverbs. Let's go very quickly to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 1. Proverbs 25, verse 1. These are also Proverbs of Solomon which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. Now that word copied out, it sounds like he just took uh, Solomon's Proverbs and rewrote them. But there's more to it than that. These Proverbs that King Hezekiah's men gathered, is what he's saying is they edited. and they, they, So they edited them and they added to them. Okay? So the book of Proverbs as we have it today is the Proverbs of Solomon, but it's also the men of Hezekiah over a period of time. Everybody understand this? Obviously Solomon lived before Hezekiah. So I'm going to talk about hundreds of years later, the men of Hezekiah were still editing and adding to the book of Proverbs. So they had a part in what we call the book of Proverbs. Go to, let's see, 22. Proverbs 22. I'm sorry, uh, 24, sorry. It starts at 22. The section starts at chapter 22. But here's what I want to show you in chapter 24, verse 23. These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. Now, that section beginning with chapter 22 through 24 is a section that deals with sayings of the wise. Alright, these are known as the sages. How many of y'all ever heard that term sage? That means that's a wise person. So that section 22 through uh, 24 is a section that deals with words from the wise. Wise men sayings, various sayings from various men. Go over to chapter 31 or chapter 30. Chapter 30, in verse 1, we have another contributor to the book of Proverbs. His name is Augur. A-W-G-U-R is the way I write it out, so I know how to pronounce it. Augur. The words of Augur, the son of Yaketh, or Yaketh. Even the prophecy, the man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Ukul. Okay? Now, so Augur, the son of Yakeh is that how you say it closer. You say Jake, but it's really Yakeh. Um, this man was a... He was not an Israelite king. He was a foreign king. But this foreign king evidently was a worshiper of the one true God of the Bible. So he is a contributor to the book of Proverbs as well. Uh, chapter 31... <coughs> Verse 1, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Alright, so now we have another king, he's called Lemuel. Well, who's King Lemuel? Well, some people say that that's the same, just another name for Solomon. Could be that this is another foreign king that worshiped the Lord, and he's also a contributor to the book of Proverbs. Alright, so anyway... That's how you have the book of Proverbs. That's who wrote the book of Proverbs. So go back to chapter 1. Say praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to share with you a few... Because I told you that the structure of the book of Proverbs is not new to the Near Eastern culture of Proverbs. I'm going to share with you a couple of little Proverbs that are not in the Bible. But... Or there's things in the Bible that may be similar to that, but to give you a little idea of the, of the Proverbs that are outside of Scripture. And then it's really interesting when you start studying some of those Proverbs, just how much like the book of Proverbs you have written by Solomon and others that uh, these Proverbs are. Real quickly, a Sumerian proverb, and as I said, that dates around 3100 B.C., long before the book of Proverbs. Here is a proverb. It's called the fox in the sea. Okay, And I promise you, when I give you this little proverb called the fox in the sea, you'll never forget it for the rest of your life. Okay? Now, I will first admit to you what I'm about to read you is a little salty. You know what salty is? A little salty. You'll know what I'm talking about in just a minute. Okay? The fox in the sea. This is an old Sumerian proverb. A fox urinated into the sea. I told you it was a little salty. <laughs> All the sea is my urine, it said. That's the proverb. You'll never forget it. A fox went to the sea. A fox urinated in the sea, and after he urinated in the sea, he said, "All the sea is my urine." Well, what is that? it's humorous, isn't it? Yeah, it's humorous. Well, we have a proverb in the book of Proverbs where we have a lazy man who won't leave the house because he says, there's a bunch of lions out there. Pretty funny, huh? So there's humor in the Psalms. Well, what is the point of that Psalm? It is humorous. What's the point of that Psalm? The fox went to the sea. the fox urinated in the sea, and he said, all the sea is my urine. This proverb is about having a misconception about how important you are. (laughs) Amen? So if you ever get to a place where you think you're so important, Remember the fox in the sea. That the fox urinates in the sea, then he starts claiming that all the sea is here's urine. Man, that that fox thinks he's something else. You ever been around anybody like that? Yeah? You ever been around like somebody like the fox who urinates in the sea? And then he says, the whole sea is my urine. Amen. Humor, right? <laughs> and this is uh, one on male and female relationships. It's a lot like a lot like Proverbs chapter 5 through 7, okay? And this is uh, from again Sumerian culture, the instructions of Shurapak. Shurapak, whoever that is. We do get Proverbs that sound very similar to say Proverbs 5-7 through 7, where we have a collection of discourses and also Proverbs that warn a young man about having relationships with women who aren't their wives. And in the instructions of Shurapak you get Proverbs like this, okay? Do not laugh with a girl who is married. The slander is strong. Or, my son, do not sit alone in a chamber with a woman who is married. So these are Sumerian advice about not making it look like you have an intimate relationship with a married woman, right? Or, another one, do not have sexual intercourse with your slave girl. She will name you with disrespect. Or, do not buy a prostitute. She is the sharp edge of the sickle. So it's advice like you find in the Book of Proverbs about warning young men, warning men to avoid relationships with married women and also with prostitutes. And I got quiet in here. Got really quiet in here. <laughs> Right? Book of Proverbs, chapter five through chapter seven. It's not just he goes on and said, It's not just the biblical book that has this kind of warning. Think of the Acadian councils of wisdom. Alright, so he quotes another one. Which I mean it it says to its readers, Don't marry a prostitute whose husbands are legion. That means don't marry a woman who's got a bunch of men that she's married in her past. Don't marry a prostitute whose husbands are legion nor a temple harlot who is dedicated to a goddess nor a courtesan whose int- uh, intimates are numerous. Why? She will not sustain you in your time of trouble. She will laugh at you when you are embroidered in controversy. Or embroiled in controversy. She has neither respect nor obedience in her nature. Even if she has the run of your house, get rid of her. She has ears attuned for another's footfall. See how powerful Proverbs are? They get your attention. Now what I just shared with you right now might save some of your life. Some of you men... Don't fall for the trap. Okay? So the book of Proverbs is very, very important. So anyway, a lot of the Proverbs in ancient cultures, the Sumerian Proverbs, the Egyptian Proverbs, predated the book of Proverbs, but a lot of what is said in the book of Proverbs in the area of social skills and how to relate to the world was in their day as well. You have to understand that not every culture, even though they didn't worship Yahweh, were stupid. There, there were some cultures that didn't worship Yahweh that were wise and had wise statements like I shared with you tonight. Amen. Okay, so the Bible says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know Wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity. Now, who's it written to? We found out who who wrote it, gave you a little bit of the background of that culture. All right. The Bible tells us who it's written to, to give subtlety to the simple. Number one, the book of Proverbs is to the simple. And that word simple means the immature. So we're going to have a father giving instruction to a son. He's going to tell his son in the discourses that will follow. Son, if you're going to walk in wisdom, this is the way you are to be. If you're going to have social skills and know how to relate in life correctly, this is how you should be. Move toward the pole of wisdom and move away from the pole of foolishness. So the word, again, the wisdom is written to the simple. Uh, P-E-T-H in the Hebrew. Okay? To give subtly to the simple. And it means subtly means that you have the ability to withstand that which is evil. That's what subtlety means. Now the simple, we read it in the King James Version, and I'll break it down for you as we get a little bit further into the book. But the word simple simply is to the immature man. One translation translated as the naive. Okay? So the book of Proverbs then is written to the... A, a, from a father to a young man. It's, it's written by Solomon, but it's, but it's the teachings of a father to a young man uh, in his naivety, in his young age, in his immaturity. Okay? Amen. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, it's also to the young man, uh, knowledge and discretion. Dayat. And we'll get into these words later. Knowledge and discretion. A wise man. So it's not only written to the simple. It's not only written to the young man, but it's also written to the wise man. Why is it written to the wise man? Because you never, ever, ever, ever stop needing more wisdom. You must continue to gain wisdom in your life. So if you're wise tonight, the book of Proverbs is to make you even wiser. Give you more wisdom, more ability to relate, social skills. Okay, amen. How many wise people out do I have out there? How many wise people do I have out there? Oh boy, we all need we need the book of Proverbs then now. (laughs) Amen. Red Hot lift his hand? Did he lift his hand? You don't notice? Well let me ask you, did you lift your hand? Well? Did you lift your hand? No, you didn't lift your hand. Really? We need we need this book, don't we? For so this, all right. So the simple, the young man for knowledge, uh, the wise man, and again, now let me say this to you: you're going to see that it, the discourses are a father to a son, but it doesn't mean that it's just for men. Okay, it's for the subtle. It's for. Uh, the young man, it's for the wise. Even though it's put in that term, a father's instruction to the son, it's also instruction to the women. It's instruction to everybody. For example, in the book of Proverbs, it talks about, you know, if, if there's a woman in your house and she's constantly contentious, man, the book of Proverbs says it's better to... To dwell on a housetop than to live with a, con- with a contentious woman. One translation says, it's better to live in the attic. Now, I don't know about you, but in Odessa, Texas, it gets hot in the attic, man. But Solomon says, it's better for you to be up there in that old hot attic than to be living with a, a bickering wife. Okay, so, so us men, we read that. Man, we take that. And we tell our wives, well, you know what the Bible says? It'd be better for me to live up in the roof. You know, you're always, always harping all the time. You're like an angel, man. Always harping all the time. But remember, the book of Proverbs is not just written to the man. Same thing can apply about a man. And so when the woman reads it and it says it's better for a man to live in the attic or the housetop than to live with a cantankerous or contentious wife. When the woman reads it, she says it's better for me to live in a hot attic than to live with an old grouchy man. You see what I'm saying? So, us men, we want to, you know, we want to use it against our wives, but the wives have just as much authority to use it. Amen. And say to you, the Bible says, you know, it's hard to live with you. I'd rather live up in that old hot attic. <laughs> Woo! So it's for everybody. And you get we get into the book of Proverbs, and the Bible's teaching about. How a young man is supposed to resist or stay away from the advances of a prostitute. Amen. As she tries to allure her, allure him into having relationships with her. Or let me put it to you in modern terminology. When she comes to you and she tries to get you to sleep with her. The Bible says the end result is death. The Bible says don't fall for her allurements, her seductions when she comes and tries to get you to sleep with her. Okay? It's instruction to a son about how to stay away from that temptation. Right? But it's also written to the women to tell you that if a man comes to you and tries to seduce you into sleeping with her with him. Amen. Same thing applies. I love teaching Proverbs. See, it gets real quiet in here, you know. See, I can preach other things. I can preach about the coming of the Lord. You're gonna run, shout, and jump, hang on. When I still preach the Proverbs, it gets really quiet. Okay, so. <clears throat> The book of Proverbs is, is specifically spoken of in the sense that it's talking about a father's instruction to his son. You know, father's telling his son, this is the way to walk in wisdom. Now stay away from folly, foolishness. Okay, right? But it applies to all young women. It applies, it, it applies to young, to old, to men and to women. It relates to everybody. So even in the book of Proverbs, it says to the wise man will hear and will increase learning. So it's expanding. Amen. It's not just for the immature teenager. Amen. It's not just for the young man. It's not just for the wise. It's for everybody. It's for you. It's for me. Amen. So who it's written to. A wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, I, I, I define for you what wisdom is on a practical level is how you relate to the world around you, how you relate to people, what to do at the right time, what to say at the right time, to have the right emotion at the right level. But the Bible teaches us it's more than just practical. The wisdom. It is number one, verse three, uh, to receive instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. So I gave you the definition of what wisdom is as far as relating our relating to the world. Social skills. Okay? But the Bible defines it as the purpose of it is to make you good. The purpose of, of the book of Proverbs is to make you a good person. How many of you want to be a good person? we looking. How many of you want to be good people? Yeah, there are not very many good people around these days. So the book of Proverbs is teach you how to be a just person, a person of judgment, a person of equity, fairness. We're going to get into all of that. So that's the ethical definition of wisdom. Ethics. Good ethics. is going to teach you good ethics. It's going to make you a good person. Hallelujah. So if you don't want to be a good person... Amen. And you don't want to have any social skills, then don't come to church for about the next at least month or two. Because that's all we're going to be talking about. Right? Just stay home. Stay home. Amen. The third one, though, is the most important. Above the practical and above the ethical is the theological. Now, that's a big old term, but it's God. It's about God, okay? It is the most important thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. With all your wisdom, get understanding. It is the principal thing. It is the most important thing in your life. When Solomon prayed, God, give me wisdom, that was the most important thing that he could have asked for. Not just so he would be able to have social skills and how to relate to the world around him, but so that he would be a, learn to be a good person. So, But more importantly, to have a right relationship with God. Theologically then, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, before you can ever say, I'm a wise person. See, I shared with you some of those Near Eastern, some of the Near Eastern Proverbs that are not in the Bible. And general revelation, okay, things that they say were true by way of a general revelation, as they observe things in life, they could put it down and say, don't do this and do that but in those cultures like Egypt or Mesopotamia, where they didn't worship the one true God. If they did not worship the one true God, then in one sense, they were not wise. Because the most important thing if you're going to be a wise person is that you have a right relationship with God. If you don't have a right relationship with the Lord, that's the most important thing. That is the foundation of wisdom. Amen? You can have a high IQ. You can know facts. You might even have a certain ability to relate to the world around you and have a certain success in that. But if you don't live for the Lord, if you don't have a right relationship with God, you're not a wise person. Because the beginning of wisdom or the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Why didn't the Bible say, love God to have wisdom? You know, say, oh, fear. We're supposed to fear God? And And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? Oh, I would have liked it much better if God had said, the love of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why wouldn't God use that Instead of saying the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know why? Because love doesn't cause you to humble yourself. You can say that you love God, but that doesn't cause you to humble yourself. But when you fear Him, you know that when you fear Him, you know He's greater than you are, and He's greater than I am. And when you understand the greatness of God, how great and how powerful He is, and how small that we are, that it's more than just respect. Some people took that later, you know, the King James Version translated later, respect the Lord. It's You will respect the Lord, but that's soft. It's much more than just respecting God. It's having a right relationship with, with the Lord, it's it's fearing God. Not in the sense that you're terrified of God and you're afraid of God to the point that you'll run from Him. It is. He is so great and He is so awesome that I need to listen to His Word. I need to listen to what He is saying. And it's fear that will cause you to depart from sin. It's fear that will cause you to be subtle. That means to be able to stand against evil that comes against you. If you can sin easily, it is because you don't fear God. But you can say, I love the Lord and walk out the door and commit sin easy in your love for God, but not in your fear of God. You fear God, He'll keep you away from sin. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. They say, I'm going to listen to what the Lord says because of His greatness. And it's more than just a respect. It is a reverence. But it is an awe of Him. Amen? And something you're going to learn as we go through the book of Proverbs as I come to a close is that to be a wise person in the book of proverbs means you are a person of humility you don't walk around with the sense of pride in your you, you know there's there's good pride but there's bad pride bad pride is when you can live independent of god independent of his word that's the highest level of human pride amen It's where you are so full of yourself you have no place for Him. That's why God says the the beginning of wisdom or knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Because you can say that you love God, but that don't mean you're going to be humble. And humility is a key that comes out of a fear for God Almighty. And that's the foundation. That's the first level. If you don't have that in your life, you are not a wise person. Because that's where it all begins. That's wh- I didn't. Pastor Carter didn't say that. So if you don't like it, all I can say to you is lump it. Because I didn't say that. This Bible said that. The Word of God said that. Whatever lump it means, I don't know. <laughs> that's another one in Proverbs. You don't like it, lump it. Who knows what it means? But, Amen. So if you have a fear of the Lord, you're not going to be like that old proverb, the fox in the sea. Where you go, amen, and you urinate in the sea, and you say, the whole sea is my urine. <laughs> There's some people, man, they are so full of themselves Oh, so full of self-importance, man. Hallelujah. No, that's why we need the book of Proverbs. So I'm excited about preaching it to you. And the Lord willing, and I, I trust that He is willing, I'll go through some of these other terms, chakmah, wisdom, and I'll go in. There's a lot of other words <clears throat> here in the Hebrew that I need to define for you. Uh, that are listed and recorded here, that are connected to wisdom. And we're going to have a good time in the book of Proverbs. We're going to learn a lot. and We're going to get so wise. Hallelujah. We're going to know how to have proper social skills. How to know what to do at the right time. What to say at the right time. Now... How many of y'all have ever done done the right thing at the right time, but your emotion wasn't right? Amen. Sure, sure. You know. Amen? I think I've done, done the right thing at the right time, but my emotion was way over the top. You know what I mean? So it, it, wisdom also has to do with the proper emotion at the right level. Say hallelujah. Amen. Make you a good person. And the most most important thing, if you don't have a relationship with God, get right with the Lord. Become a born-again believer. Get water baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. Be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues after you repent of your sins. Become a born-again believer. Once you become a born-again believer, then you have the wisdom of God living inside of you. And He can do it through you. Amen. He he, he, He is your teacher ultimately. And as He lives it through you and He he teaches you, and He'll give you a word of wisdom. He'll say, okay, you need this knowledge, but this is how to apply it. You You need to know what to do. This is what you need to do. You need to know what to say. This is what you need to say. Amen. You need to have the right emotion. And that's by being under the control of the Holy Ghost and having a knowledge of the Word of God. So I'm looking forward to teach you the Proverbs. Hallelujah. And as I said... If you, if you don't want to be wise, just stay home. We'll, I'll let you know. I'll send you a letter maybe the next year or two and let you know we finished about two years ago and you can come back to church. May the Lord bless you real good. Let's stand.